Hello, and welcome back to the Curious Ones podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Curious One podcast. This episode is going live at the end of 2020, just as we are preparing for the new year ahead. Regardless of what time of the year you are listening to this episode, there is so much knowledge in here for you to take away to help you achieve the goals of your desire. During this conversation, I sat down with Madeline Ways to chat all about goals and goal setting. Madeline's resume is extensive. She is a Harvard-trained mindset expert who helps people learn how to master their minds so they can maintain and enjoy satisfaction and success in all areas of their lives. She is a licensed psychotherapist, board-certified executive career life coach, and the author of the forthcoming book, Getting to Great, Five-Step Strategy for Work and Life. During our conversation, we explored why and how to set goals, where people normally go wrong in regards to goal setting, how to measure your goals, meditation, and visualization, and we even had time to answer two listener questions. All right, let's jump into the episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. All right, well, welcome, Madeline, to the Curious One podcast. I am very excited to chat with you today as I'm a bit entering into this conversation I wouldn't say blind, but it's like, um, it's a blind meeting, meaning we've never actually met each other and we just connected on a Facebook group. (laughs) Um, But you have a very hefty resume, which I'm sure we will get into in the conversation. But what this conversation will kind of be based around is goals and goal setting. So I believe it's something that's applicable any time of the year, but just now that we're ending the interesting year of 2020, I thought it would be a bit of an interesting topic to explore and you seem like a very fitting individual to have this conversation with. So for my listeners, are you able to provide a bit of background into who you are and um, some of the things you've been up to lately? I have a rich background. Thank you for asking, yes. Emma, and thank you for having me here. I'm going to pluck something out of it that I think is relevant. Um, so when I was 15 years old, my father passed away suddenly of a stroke. And since I was kind of a feisty little girl, I always thought it was because of me. Until one day when my mother said, no, honey, it wasn't you. It was work. So now I have spent a lifetime getting as much education and experience as I possibly can to be able to help people live happier, healthier, productive lives, which as a uh, licensed psychotherapist and board certified executive career and life coach, I am now privileged um, to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a, a great purpose and great mission to have. And there can be never enough of, of individuals like you who just want to help people. And 
it's interesting you you spoke about your father passing away from stress did you say it was yeah when we started our conversation before we were recording we were talking about meditation and i was just saying how how young you look and you disclosed your age to me and you you spoke it all back to meditation yeah i i just noticed on other meditators they appear to be ageless i love like, it that's not a major factor. Uh -huh. they, they sort of walk through life without that framing. So mm -hmm. I admire that. And other people. Yeah. And, and thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, and meditation is something that I, in probably like the past two years, I've really gotten a lot more serious about and I can see the benefits. So it's interesting to see the longer term benefits um, manifest for sure. Um, well, actually, Emma, you... You have a question, I think, for me later on where we're going to get into that a little bit. Perfect. So what, so what the benefits are. So, okay, yeah. perfect. I was clearly like starting to uncover un, un, uh, that one, but we'll get into it. We have a full conversation well, ahead. <laughs> so as we start out, I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is important and significant for individuals to set goals and to work on goal setting? Okay, so first thing I want to say about goals is they can't just be any old goals. And I think we're going to say more about that today, too. For now, though, goal setting, which is different from goal commitment, by the way, but setting the goals actually gives us like a North Star. It gives us a kind of guidance and so when we know what we're shooting for, we're able to make sure that everything we think, feel, and do is in alignment or make better sure that everything we think, feel, and do is in alignment with these goals that we have set for ourselves. The other thing about goal setting is it inserts a kind of accountability that gives us this wonderful sense when we stick to it a little bit, um, of can do. So you're filled with this can do, I can do this, and even better, I can count on me. I was just mm -hmm. talking with someone in the last hour who's working on sort of broadening his sense of himself that so many wonderful things are possible. He doesn't know what they are exactly all yet, but he's growing this sense, I can do this. And when you have goals and you see yourself meeting some of them one after another after another, you grow that sense, which is just a wonderful way to be in the world. So. That, I'm resonating with that very much. I Honestly, I never really... I feel like you just put vocabulary to things that I've been feeling, especially in regards to this podcast, if we're going to keep it in, in that niche. Whereas I, this time last year, I didn't even think I could record a podcast, let mm -hmm. alone come, I'm on episode, I think this is my 35th recording. And to me, it's the little things I don't even think about anymore of reaching out to people, recording the episode, things like that. Now that I have this kind of foundation around me, I'm thinking outside of it. And as you said, um, the gentleman was saying, it's things he's not sure I don't know how you said it, but it's not necessarily, he doesn't know what they are, but like, it's, it's almost exciting. Like what could be out there? 
in a way. Funny that you bring that up because yeah. the other thing we spend a lot of time on that in the brain, there's a fine line between anxiety and excitement. And you get to pick which one you want to call it. And one of them is a real downer and the other one is kind of an upper. So take your pick <laughs> because they're both coming from the same place and so you can you, call it either one. So do you have like, is that just by choice? Like you just have to choose, just actively choose your thoughts or, or how can you implement more of choosing a glass what, half full approach? What he's doing now is when he feels anxious He's pausing, and I'll tell you about that a little later on. Perfect. Also, he's pausing and he's saying, I can call this anxiety or I can call this ang excitement. Mm -hmm. And one of them produces a certain feeling state and the other one obviously produces another. And I don't know about you, but I know which one I prefer to live in. <laughs> yeah. That one I feel like also is a domino effect. I mean, they both could be, you could go down a rabbit hole, but, um, it's, it's like the butterfly effect almost where you, you just keep, I'm, I'm all about manifestation, law of attraction, energy. And so you just keep attracting in more of these positive experiences. Well, the other thing about that is a lot of people I work with believe that they need to beat themselves hard to motivate themselves mm. and to some extent that has worked for them. So now becomes an opportunity to try a different kind of motivation more toward pleasure than toward eliminating pain. And then if you'd flip it enough, and that's what we were just talking about, he and I, is to flip it to the excitement for positive events and experiences and people that are going to enter your life, it becomes a habit. That's how you live in the world. Mm, that's, that's awesome. I, I feel like I, that, that's, it's very resonating with me. <laughs> um, so, so we're talking about all of this importance and the significance behind goal setting, but how do you actively set goals? Do you believe in writing them out? Is there a equation that you need to have in order to set a goal or what do you think? Okay. Thank you for that question. Your listeners and you, if you want to, you can all go online and you can look up smart goals. There's another one uh, that's popular now with, an interesting name. It's Hard Goals, H-A-R-D. Yeah. And there's another one with another interesting name. It's Whoop, W-O-O-P. And that one, from what I've read, is actually based on some pretty good science. I have my own, which is in the title of my forthcoming book, which is Getting to Great. So it's G dot, R dot, E dot, A dot, T dot. Those are, this is the five step strategy. And the thesis of this road to change is that a great life depends on a great fit between who we are and the environments in which we live and work. And so there are these five steps to the transformation 
that people would like to see themselves make and the discovery. And that's why I'm saying it can't be just any old goals. The discovery of the right goals for you come out of that process. Mm. Are you able to share about that process or do we have to wait for the book? If you would like me to, I'd be happy to. I would love to for you to expand on it. Okay. So G-R-E-A-T, G is for grounding in the belief that it doesn't have to be like this. A lot of people come to me really just wanting the pain to get better without really 100% believing that they can have a great life. So I hold that space for them until they start trying things out and actually believe it for themselves. When I say it can't be any old goals, R is for recognizing who you really are. So not who someone else thinks you should be or who you may have always thought you should be, but what really matters to you and who you really are. And then the E is to begin to dream, to begin to explore things you may have never even thought about before, or maybe you did think about it before, but you didn't think it would ever be possible for you. And then of course, the A is for action, because William James said that um, action does not guarantee happiness, but there is no happiness without action. And then the T is for tackling the normal, natural, expectable, predictable resistance to change that so many of us go through. Ooh, that last one. Those are amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So I've, let me tell you how I found that out. Yeah. About about six months ago or so, I said to myself, what is it they are actually doing that's working? You know, these the people I was working with are like flying. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because my background is so varied. So I have this big fat toolkit and I like to pride myself on having a pretty good sense of knowing which tool to pull out when, but like, what was like, if I had to put it in a bottle, in which case this turned out to be a book, <laughs> what was that? And you know, they, they've, they vary in age and ethnicity and gender. They're all so different. But the one thing that they had in common was this, this, these steps that they all went through to get from here to there. And there's, um, there's kind of an uplifting really early on where the hope and the possibility begins to set in then there's a little resistance about actually taking action on the things that you might have explored that felt so good to think about. And then when people begin to take action, they will typically get a little scared. Where's this going? Someplace I've never been before. I don't care how good it is. I don't know how to be there. So that's where the tackling comes in. And everybody went through that. So... And it takes some, not so much time and others a longer period of time. But I just love uh, 
seeing what they come out with. Mm-hmm. That would be such a beautiful job to have, I feel like. But I love your approach. I'll be completely honest. I don't know much about the like the smart goals or the um, hard goals that you mentioned and things like that. I just, I set goals. So that's also part of why I'm having this conversation with you is because I, I want to learn more about goal setting and how to be more effective with my goal setting. But something that you touched on, there was two things there that just I think are great is the whole point of self-exploration and becoming more comfortable. Like that was the first thing. Um, what was the G again? Can you grounded, becoming grounded in who you were? Is that correct? No. And I can see why you said that because okay. it's, uh, that's what it is. The grounding at the very beginning is in beginning to believe that you can crawl out of this hole. Mm. People don't really come to me with a sense. They just want to feel a little better. They don't know that they can flip-flop their whole lives into something that really feels great. Right. Not just the absence of pain, but really feels great. Mm -hmm. So that's even before like becoming grounded in who you are. It's just, just having the hope that things can change. I think that's, Awesome. We can do this. Yeah. We can do this. You can do this. Yeah. And, and then moving past that, it's like the exploration thing. That's something that really resonates with me because I think exploration and curiosity kind of go hand in hand. And it's something that is clearly a value in my life. Um, yes. And to me, I feel like I, I, I hope that I never stop exploring and I never stop becoming curious. But then the last one, I just, I think that is a, a very beautiful and great reminder of um you you touched on how there's going to be hesitation there's going to be resistance there's going to be pushback and i find moving from a comfortable position and going into the uncomfort there is always that that discomfort right but that's not a reason to stop and i feel as though i can speak from my perspective that has been an excuse to stop in the past well uh, i'm uncomfortable it's probably a sign quote unquote to not go forward when that's incorrect. So I, I like to use something called prediction and control. On the front end, I will talk with people about what do you think that's going to look like when it happens? What's your way of resisting your own growth? What, hap- what do you look like? What do you do when you're afraid to take another step forward? So that by the time we know this, and then when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah, that. So you don't get thrown by it. It doesn't master you. You master it. And, Emma, you touched on something else that's so, so important. You were touching on what happens when the journey is over. And people worry about that. Because a lot of the joy is actually in the journey. So then what? And the real quick and easy answer to that is this process is repeatable. Mm. So I have some, I have people who knock this out in three months, but I also have people who have been with me for years. And every time they land in the new place, they create another one and another one, and they just keep growing and growing and growing and applying the same process all the way. So 
I love that. That's Except the goal <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to say, except the G doesn't take that much work because they know. Yeah. They are grounded in the belief. I can do this. And you were saying that earlier that you've seen yourself. You never thought you could do a podcast and here you are. And if you can do this, you yeah. believe. Yeah. You believe. Yeah. I, I completely agree. It was it started even before this, but it's, as you said, I had different goals then. And, and then the podcast was kind of uh, me starting all over again and, and going through the process again. So it's been almost like a refresher and, and validating of this, as you said, can manifest in, in any scenario. Yeah. Actually, somebody comes to mind, wonderful young ish woman who was afraid that she could never live with another person, let alone get married. And oh, by the way, she hated her job. So she has now, she spent some time, she, she met someone, she fell in love, she opened to herself to the experimentation. She made him like set up a separate corner for her so she could pretend she was living alone when she needed to do that. Anyway, they're married. She's on the other side of the country with a new job. She switched industries and is talking about maybe next year having a baby and also building her own business. So she just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And I couldn't be more privileged and delighted to watch it. Yeah. But she just... She just kept re reapplying the same yeah. thing over and over and over again like without even it. realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something there, like before we go forward and I wonder if we'll, we'll touch on this again and I, cause I know it's, it's a big topic. Um, but you were talking about how, when you face these unknowns, it's what is that going to look like in visualizing that? And, and I hope that I'm understanding you correctly, but you're saying like to step into that and really think about how you want it to look and pan out. Is that similar to visualization and that sort of approach? Yeah. We use that. I've been trained in NLP, neuro linguistic programming. Okay. And they, and they use a lot of things like visioning things like creating an avatar and mm. then sort of stepping into your ideal version of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you, is that is that through meditation or through different activities or? Well, what we do because this is how I learned it is apparently looking up to the right. Okay. Throws the brain into like the left is for. Don't anybody quote me on this, but this is what I recall: is that the left throws you into the past and into memories. And the right throws you into creativity and the future. So if, Emma, you want to try this sometime, look up to the right as if you're looking on a movie screen Mm -hmm. or a cloud in the sky. And then you take it to three dimensions. I call them VAC, V-A-K. So you visualize in extremely detailed 
way, like what you're wearing, how your hair looks, what's the expression on your face, how you're walking, how you're carrying yourself. You really see you in as much detail. So you're like, this is like going to really sink in deep. And then you do the same thing with the auditory. So it's VAK auditory. And you hear, like, what are you saying? Who's around you? What are they saying? Do you hear birds chirping? Or is there music in the background? What are you, what are you hearing? Again, you want, to, you want to give your brain the experience of this because the brain doesn't know that you're just imagining it. So the brain is experiencing this like it's really happening. So you do the auditory, you do the visual, and then you do the kinesthetic, which is how it feels. Mm. So what is, what is that gorgeous, wonderful woman you are feeling in this movie? So you're creating a movie of you in the ideal version of you. And this is how she looks and this is what she hears. This is what's going on, on in the environment. And then what do you feel? What does that feel like? And if you do that and keep doing that and keep doing that, you create a sense of you that is so deep and compelling that you can step into it. I'm like getting goosebumps. <laughs> Because I believe everything happens for a reason, and I just know I was meant to talk to you. Um, oh, you're so sweet. You, you, like everything you're saying is is resonating with me, and for me, that's all that matters. I hope through that, other people that listening will 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 gain something from it. And I know they will. But this has been so predominant in my life lately. That was I started the visualization, I started the meditation, and lately I've been almost blending the two. They were two kind of separate things, and just uh-huh. I do like. A day in the life exercise so I'll, I'll meditate for a bit and then I'll, I'll do exactly what you're saying but I, I close my eyes but I'm gonna try this what you're just describing um, but I just like the acronym that you had and everything um, it's just validating I feel as though like I'm on the right track <laughs> I have a recommendation for you you can please take, you can take it or leave it I'm for it and for, and for anyone who's listening keep them separate okay and, and I'll tell you why The meditation is, the mind wanders about 70% of the time. It wanders to the past about woulda, shoulda, coulda. It wanders to the future, worrying about what's going to happen that may not even happen. And it goes to all these places that really kind of drag us down and sap the energy that we could be using for great things in the world. So what you want more than anything, I think, is to have as much control over that wandering as you can. So if you sit down to meditate and you start visualizing, you're multitasking and you're not disciplining the mind. And I want to tell you something else. There's no such thing as multitasking. The brain doesn't do two things at once. What the brain does is go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until you're exhausted. So you're really this discipline. And I I have free exercises on my website for these kinds of things. One of them is called power breathing that puts the higher brain in charge. So you're not all over the place. And the other one is called focus and release. 
so that the mind learns to focus on whatever it is that is before you and then put it down so you go with a clean, strong mind to your next activity. Mm. So that's kind of why I think if you could do them separately so that you're teaching your mind how to be disciplined, it'll serve you better that way. I, I definitely needed to hear that because that's actually something I've been questioning lately because I, yeah, as I said, I started dabbling with them together, but yeah. then I was finding myself never having that moment of, of silence and just, just to stop my brain. Because as, as you said, like I'm resonating with what you're saying, my brain's always going and I completely agree with you. I read uh, Cal Newport's book. It's called Deep Work. And it's, it's kind of talking about that. Like in order to really do something, you can't be multitasking. You can't have your notifications on your computer, checking your email while doing whatever it is. Would you want to expand further on where do you see people going wrong when it comes to goal setting most commonly? Three things. Mm-hmm. So one is that it's not enough internally driven. Mm. People just set goals. Yeah. But they're not goals that spring from deep. So they're not sustainable. So if it's something you think other people think you should be doing, that's not going to be as sustainable as something that you are deeply driven by like me and the daddy thing, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is that I think people's bite sizes of the change, the action steps, everybody leaves my session with an action step. And the action steps need to be not so big that they overwhelm you and shut you down. Mm-hmm. And not so little that the brain is completely uninspired and bored by what it is that we've picked out. So getting, I call it the bite size, getting that right, not too big, not too little, but just right enough to keep you step by step by step going. I know there are people who write on change management and say very tiny little baby steps along the way, but I want to caution about that. If it's too tiny, it will bore your brain. It Mm. needs to be enough to get some of the juices flowing that motivate us forward. And there's a whole brain science on that. And the other thing is that, and you and I talked about this, and I know you know this to be true, people are not as prepared as they could be for the normal, natural, pretty strong sometimes resistance to change. Mm. So I think, I think getting, getting the change process more right than wrong has to involve knowing that the chances are really good that that's going to happen and being ready to be able to master that instead of that mastering you. Mm. Like getting comfortable in that uncomfort. Um, You said something there about like the bite-sized pieces. Is that something that is kind of personal or do you have any, any more that you could say to someone 
around how to measure that if it's if it's a good bite size or or is it kind of like to be honest i i know i i feel as though i have a bit of an understanding of when a goal is is within that that realm but i i wonder if if it's just me that feels that way or maybe other people are sitting here kind of like well i'm not too sure well we always take a moment to reflect so people will like be all excited and say they're going to do X, Y, Z. And I say to them on a scale of one to 10, how doable does that feel to you? Mm. Because we don't want to, we never want to set people up for failure that we could have predicted. Mm-hmm. So using like scale of one to 10, what are the chances on a scale of one to 10 that this is actually going to happen? Because if it doesn't feel like it's actually going to happen, if you can't really imagine yourself actually doing it, then it needs to be either different or smaller. So I would suggest using these little scales. They seem to work well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. When I was getting ready for our interview, I actually jumped on my Instagram and I asked my followers there. That's where I find a lot of my listeners hang out. What questions they had around goals and goal setting. So I had two questions that I thought were really good um, that I wanted to share. So the first one is from Taylor and she wanted to know what would be your recommendation in regards to breaking bad habits that are no longer serving us? I love that question. So I have my little favorite quotes here. Awesome. (laughs) They just sit here always. <laughs> so here's, they're actually a little tattered. So this is from a philosopher from a while ago, Buckminster Fuller, who said, and I'm going to say it to you and your listeners, three different ways. The first way is this. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. So that's the existing old habit. You never fight things by changing the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. In other words, build a new habit that makes the existing habit obsolete. There's this fable about a grandpa and whose grandson, so the grandpa tells the grandson the story People may have heard this. It's about the two wolves, and one of them is the evil wolf, and the other one is the good wolf. And they're, they're at odds with each other, and the grandson says, Grandpa, which one won? And the grandpa says, the one you feed. Mm. So it's, it's the same thing. I like to think of it as a garden. So... If this garden or this sandbox is full of poop or this garden is just not bringing pleasure to anybody, take the mind and put it on the same thing as the visioning that we were talking about. Plant a new garden and water that garden and tend that garden. And this this is actually brain science. You will be building new neural connections that will become so habitual for you that the old bad habits just go to seed. They get, 
the connections, the neural connections get weaker. So when people say, how do you break a bad habit? I say, you don't. You mm. build a new one. Mm. Build, you build something new and wonderful and live on that planet, in that garden, in that sandbox. And, and the other one becomes unnecessary. Mm. I love so. that. It kind of, it reminds me of this part in Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's not exactly like what we're talking about, but I feel as though it may encompass a lot of the overarching themes that we're speaking about now. Um, And he talks about voting. Oh, yes. (laughs) I actually modeled my book cover after this because I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. I that book was instrumental. I ironically was reading it when I started my podcast at that time that I was creating it. So it really helped to keep me motivated and accountable, I find. Um, but he speaks about yeah, Emma, he's saying tiny changes, and I'm saying careful there. I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go on. Sorry. No worries. Um oh he was talking about uh, voting in a sense. So each time that we are doing certain actions or, or uh, creating different habits that are putting a vote in towards this person that we are wanting to become. So rather than maybe focusing on that time that we, we um, took action and, and fell succumb to this bad habit, maybe next time we just place an extra two votes in regards to becoming this person that we're moving towards. So I know it's a bit different than what you're speaking of, but maybe just an extension of that in a way. Um, I really like that book. Yeah, there, there are so many people being so helpful. There's another book that a lot of people have read called The Big Leap. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So there are many, many ways to come at this and it's for each of us to find the one that seems most able to take hold and carry us forward. And that can be different for different people. So uh-huh. yeah. even the, that's interesting to that, cause that could even be in regards to the medium that you retain it. So like, I obviously love listening to podcasts and learn so much from them. Whereas I was literally just before this call, I was uh, hanging out with a friend, grabbing a coffee and she was talking about how she's so happy I'm doing video now because she can't listen to a podcast. She has to watch something. So um, with that, there's different messages and different words and different books. So that's great. Um, The other listener question that we have is from Dea and he asked, um, how can those with ADHD or other attention issues be creative in setting goals? Thank you for the question. So very much so. The idea for people with ADHD or, and or everyone mm-hmm. to be creative, we have to quiet the mind so that the creativity can bubble up. And especially so that it's not so noisy that we can't see or hear it. Mm-hmm. And for people with ADHD in particular, where I'm not an expert on this, but I understand that the dopamine um, could use some boosting. And the dopamine is the hormone associated with the reward center, the motivation center in the brain. And so mindfulness practices, meditation, even I think the 
shorter form power breathing that I mentioned before can actually help boost the dopamine and meditation also thickens the prefrontal cortex, which helps us with focus and planning. So it's one thing to have a great idea because you quiet it and your great idea bubbled up in your creativity, but if you can't focus on it and Im implement it, uh, so this the meditation helps with that. But I think, I think that's a really good tool for all of us who have the, uh, again, some people find their inspiration through running or cooking or whatever does it for them. But meditation is one tool that people can use and there are benefits associated. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I have a... One question, it's a bit off script, but I wanted to ask just your thoughts around this one thing because I have it right in front of me here. Um, I wanted to know what you think about vision boards. I have not used vision boards except I believe that they could be helpful. I want you to know that I drew a little happy face around the camera hole. Okay. <laughs> on my machine. So just, so just like, and it's smiling. So just like you're visioning up there and creating your own image, I would imagine that for people who would enjoy creating a vision board, it would be the same kind of thing, sort of helping the brain to build a new way of being in the world. So again, it's different strokes for different folks. And if a vision board does it better than just imagining it mm -hmm. out of nothing, mm -hmm. I think that could be fun and also effective. For sure. I find I look at it um, right before I, I sit down to do my visualization and it almost like, ignites the flame, but then I'm feeding the flame with my thoughts and, and my whole um, visualization process. But I also love that you have your quotes there because I feel as though that's almost a form of, yeah, <laughs> it's a form of visualization. I, feel. I wanted to ask you a question about your vision board. Yes. Does it have people in it? No. Uh, actually, it does. No, it does. What am I saying? It does have people on it. Yeah, it does. The reason that I'm asking you that, Emma, is because on the cover of my book, when they first designed it, there's this cascade of, of great big metallic gold stars that I love that go kind of up. And originally, they had people on it, little, little people. And I started thinking about, don't they tell you, like, if you're trying to sell your home, that it's better to not have pictures of your loved ones because people want to picture themselves in there and if there okay. are already people there so if i were doing a vision board yeah i okay. would probably not put people there because i wouldn't want that to interfere with my experience of being there what do you think of that i think that's very true but i have a question now for you because i completely hear what you're saying 
my my vision board this one's based around the podcast if i'm honest and just kind of where i want the podcast to go in the future so the reason i have the people on it is because these are people i'd like to talk to in the future so would that be kind of different yeah maybe but at the same time this is you bringing that up i'm asking internal questions because there's actually one two people on here that i would love to speak to but they are also two people that really inspire me so now i'm questioning Am I trying to be like this person and, and fit this mold? I don't think I am, but it, it's something to explore. Um, or do I just want to speak with them, if that makes sense? You remind me of a client. <laughs> well, you don't, but no. what you just said does. Remind me of a client I had a long, long time ago. And we'll just call her Mary. Okay. Came into my office and was so just pissed off. And I said to her, what's wrong? And she said, it's your car. And I said to her, well, what is it about my car? What does that represent? I had this uh, brand new little car and it had a baby seat in it and in the back because I had a baby at the time. And Mary said, um, I said, what does that represent to you that I have that you think you want? And she said, security and stability. I said, oh, so you want security and stability for yourself that you imagine I have? And she said, yeah. I said, well, how do you feel, mom, saying you want security and stability for you and your child? She said, oh, well, that doesn't sound so bad. I said, no, it really doesn't, does it? My point is, and then she went on to um, get a raise and she got married and things turned out really nicely for her. But the point is when we look at other people and want to be them or want to have what they have, it it just tells us something about our own dreams and what we want for ourselves. And then we can set about going through the process to get from here to there for ourselves. So all this FOMO stuff that everybody's talking about can be so useful. It's like, what is it that triggered it? What is it that person has, has that, or that you think that person has that you want to, and how can you go about having that for yourself? I don't know if that addressed your question, did it? Uh, yeah, like this is, I'm resonating with this because I think of two things when you say that. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it resonated in regards to that question, but also like expanding on that. There's two things. I always used to, something that I always remind myself, I have my father's voice in my head and he always says comparing kills. This is something I I talk about quite openly and I, I, for myself, to be honest, I, I selfishly talk about it because I'm reminding myself constantly in regards to looking at someone else and seeing their life and a very maybe like one snapshot of their life and comparing your entire life to that one highlight reel of their life whether it's a photo on instagram which is the worst um but my dad would always say like when you're going to compare yourself to another person you have to take everything into account meaning this person's job meaning this person's relationship with themselves relationship with others you can't just compare their really nice apartment to your apartment in your entire life i know that's kind of diverging but also or or 
Mm -hmm. or and and or you can take your dad's wise advice and you can add to it yeah but what is it that that person is suggesting they have that i want for me and right. then you and then your mind goes to enriching your own life mm -hmm. that was going to be where i was going to take it next is instead of looking at it from and, and I'll be honest, I'm still working on this and I still have moments where I go back to what we were speaking of, but seeing, say for example, you want a new car. I don't really like, um, like tangible physical items. It's like something to a chain, um, sorry, to strive for because it's not really something I align with, but it's an easy example. Say someone has a brand new Range Rover and, um, instead of getting jealous about it, it's, it's, I'm just re reaffirming like what you're saying or rewording it. I think in a way, instead of being jealous, think someone else has achieved that. I'm getting closer to being able to achieve it myself, right? Or, or as you said, seeing different aspects of someone's life, you could see a, someone, you could see maybe someone's relationship and be like, wow, there's something about that that's really resonating with me. I think it's really beautiful. And it's starting to build a framework for relationships that you want in the future, right? Because now that you've seen it, you're going to be able to visualize it even better in a way. And the only thing that I would tweak there. Yep is when you feel the envy or jealousy or whatever it is, it's okay to feel that and pause on that. Here comes jealousy. And then how can I enrich my life knowing that I felt that? Mm. So you don't, you don't, feelings aren't good or bad. Mm. It's more about how we use them. And every time you find yourself envying or feeling jealous or whatever it is, you can say to yourself, that's okay. I'm human. That's a normal, natural human emotion. And not only that, there's data in it. <laughs> there's really good, rich data in it. It tells me what I want. I and then... That. And then you might even say to yourself, well, I thought I wanted that, but maybe I don't, or maybe I do. And then you can set your goals accordingly. Mm -hmm. That is a great point. I, I love that we diverged onto that. Um, before I get into a bit about where people can find you, and I want to talk a bit further a bit on your book if, if you want to go there. Um, is there any questions in here? Uh, that you wish I talked about, or is there any further anything further that you'd like to speak on on goals? Okay, I have something I always want everyone to know. Awesome, it's a concept of good company, and this is like this is well, I suppose it's part of our conversation about goals. But good company is not just about the people in our lives. It's the food we eat, uh, the wine we may drink, the books we read, the music we listen to, the thoughts in our head, and the people we welcome or not into our lives the finest quality we can find and afford, I believe makes an enormous difference 
and the quality of our lives. So I wanted to share that. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. I yeah. think that's a great way to end that, that segment. Because I, I mean, like, I, there's nothing more to say to that. Just that I, I've experienced that myself and that's so validating. And again, a message that I can never hear enough. So thank you for sharing that. You're wonderful, um, Emma. <laughs> so we spoke a bit about your book, but when is your book um, officially going to be available to purchase and where can people find it? So I am being told, well, it'll be available for purchase in all the major outlets, Amazon. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I am being told that the publication date is March 10th. That'll be really nice if that happens. That would also mean, I think, that it would be available for pre-order maybe on February 10th. But what, what I would suggest... And by the way, I'm being told that it's a pretty good read. The, begin- the beginnings of every chapter has a little story from my own quirky life. And then it goes into theory and research about why we are the way we are and how it matters in everyday life. And at the end of each chapter, there's a case example and also an exercise for that's topic-specific and the topics have to do with things like um, time, money, play, work, other people, oh, oh, just everyday things. So if people want to um, get the book announcements so that they know when it's actually coming out and how to get it, I would encourage everybody to please go to Madeline Weiss. Dot com. Do you do you want me to spell that, Emma, or, or is it posted somewhere? I will have everything, all of your information in the show notes. So okay. People can just check so go, go to the website. There's a complimentary pull-down where you can get exercises. My favorite, which I think is so powerful, is the power breathing exercise. And what that does is it puts the higher brain in charge. So the lower reactive brain is not making any major decisions about your life. And by doing that, after you get the little goodie, you'll get the announcements and I blog weekly, I post weekly in the blog. So that would be a way. Perfect. And so what is the title again? Sorry. So the title is Getting to Great, capital G dot R dot E dot A dot T dot for reasons you know about now. And it is a five-step strategy for work and life based on science and stories. Awesome. So would your website be the best place for people that are resonating with you and want to learn more about you or even connect with you? Or do you have other social media platforms you prefer or is website best bet? I have all the links from all the other social media platforms on the top of every page on the website. And I want people to go there because that's where the free goodies are. And that's how they get on the mailing list so I can send them blog posts and book announcements and that sort of thing. So does that answer? That is great. And as I said, everything will be in the show notes as well. 
So Madeline, it has been, honestly, I, I, I knew it would be a good conversation, but to be completely truthful, this conversation was a million times better than I hoped it could be. So I want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast, for your time, for your attention, and for your wisdom. I thank you too. This was great. Thank you. Thank you once again to Madeline for coming on the show. Check out the show notes to learn more about her work and to stay up to date on her book launch. To close off this episode, I would like to share a quote from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Success is not a goal to reach or a finish line to cross. It is a system to improve, an endless process to refine. All right, that is all I have for you today, my friends. But I would love to hear what you thought of this episode and what your new goals are. Send me a message over on Instagram at, at the Curious One Podcast to let me know what you hope to tackle this year. See you in 2021. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the Curious One Podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.